Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. As you settle in, if you could open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 18, we're going to look at uh, verses 24 to 28 right now. We'll see where the Lord brings us time-wise, but uh, right now, Acts 18, uh, beginning with verse 24. And where we left off, Paul, if you remember, is now back where he went to Caesarea and he went up to... um, Um, Jerusalem and then to Antioch and while he was doing that we're going to pick up uh, with this young guy called Apollos we're going to take a look at him tonight so uh, Sue if you could put the map up there that'd be great before we get to our first verse and I just want you to be a little aware of you have Ephesus right here and you have Corinth right here, and this is the area of Greece in here. So we're going to look at a couple places tonight, Ephesus and Corinth. All right, so just familiarize yourself with where we are on the map. And we're going to look right now at um, the ministry of Apollos. Apollos was an evangelist. He was an um, apologist. He was a church leader. He was a friend of the Apostle Paul and Priscilla and Aquila, the husband and wife team. In 1 Peter 3.15, this could well be thought of as an apologist theme verse. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Well, Apollos traveled through Ahia and eventually found his way to Corinth. And we'll see that if we get to Acts 19 tonight. And when he was in Corinth, he watered where the Apostle Paul had sown. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, that is mentioned. This is important to remember when studying the first epistle to Corinth. Apollos, with his natural gifts, had attracted a following among the church in Corinth. But simple admiration was growing into divisiveness. Against Apollos' wishes, there was a faction in Corinth that claimed him as their spiritual mentor. To the exclusion of Paul and Peter. Paul deals with this partnership in 1 Corinthians 1, 12, 13. And he says, now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, who is Peter, or I am of Christ. In verse 13 it says, of 1 Corinthians 1, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? 
Was Pastor Joe crucified for you? Was Pastor Vinny baptized for you? Was Pastor Paul beaten for you? But in our society, people put teachers of God's Word on a pedestal, and it shouldn't be. If anything happens that is good, it only comes through the Holy Spirit working in that person's life who has submitted themselves to Jesus Christ and to the Holy Spirit. So many times, a person's ministry becomes very successful and they become puffed up and they forget, or if they forget how they got there, it was by the grace and the mercy of God. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 3 to 9, it says in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, For you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? And that word means fleshly. Are you dealing out of the flesh? Verse 5, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one. So God used these men to reach that particular group of people that were in their sphere of influence. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. That is so important, and I think as we await Jesus' return, the churches God is going to use are those churches where the men of God in those churches have humbled themselves, as the song said, before the Lord, because He uses broken, humbled people. Whether it's in the pulpit, in the worship ministry, in the children's ministry, in the women's ministry, it doesn't matter. Brokenness and humility is so key. Verse 8, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's team. You are God's position players. We can't all play the same position. We need you in your position and someone else in their position. And there should be no bickering or envying or saying, boy, they get more glory than me. No. God gets the glory. We get zip. That is so important that we always keep that in mind. The green monster of envy or jealousy will always try to come in when you're doing something for the Lord and puts another human in your path for you to be comparing yourself to that person. And like God said to Peter, what is that to you? Serve me, honor me. That's the key. Christ is not divided and is so far above every other name. No one compares to Him. No man, no woman, no AI. Nothing compares to God. He's above everyone. There's no one that compares to Him. 
We should not be divided, but listen to God's Holy Spirit in any person who is in our path. We cannot love personality over truth. Apollos did the Lord's work. He helped the ministry of the apostles and he helped build the body of Christ, which is the bride of Jesus. It's also known as the church. We're in a building, but I'm looking at the body of Christ. I'm looking at the church. It's you. It's you. The church is not a building. It's a living, breathing organism. Apollos, Priscilla, Aquila, Paul are great examples for us that we should be continually growing in the grace and the knowledge of God. And to use our God-given gifts to promote the truth of the Gospel. Let's take a look at this personality, this Apollos, and see what we can learn from him. So now, let's go to our main text, which is Acts 18, beginning with verse 24. I'm going to read 24 to 28, and then we'll go back and highlight some key points. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. If we could show that map again, Sue, please. So in Ephesus, this is where we pick up with Apollos. After he was finished here, he comes right over in this area here. And that's where we're going to look at right now. So, there's ten things I'd like to look at tonight about the Scripture that we just read. Okay, so the first one we're going to look at is he was an eloquent man, mighty in scriptures, eloquent. I, th I thought of when I was doing this of Apollos versus a guy like Moses. <laughs> Moses, who was tongue-tied, and Apollos, who was an eloquent speaker. Isn't it good to know that he can use a Moses and he can use an Apollos? And what I like, if I ever get anxious or stressful coming up here, that means I'm looking at my flesh instead of my God. Because I always can get very humbled 
because I know that God used a donkey to speak. So if he used a donkey, he can surely use me. And that's very comforting. Then I thought of a Billy Graham versus, say, a Jack Hibbs or a John MacArthur or a Charles Stanley. You know, he uses certain people and you can see a response to those certain people speaking. But you know what? The no-names also reach people that the Billy Grahams and the Charles Stanleys cannot reach because it's not the men. It's not the personality. It's being in the presence of God's Holy Spirit as He's speaking through His Word. How about we think of you and me as we talk about God to our friends or as we teach up here or we teach in a women's group or we teach in the children's ministry. The same Holy Spirit that worked in the lives of famous people is still working in the lives of people that most people don't know. And I can see that every Sunday downstairs in the children's ministry with the gifted teachers that have submitted themselves, surrendered to Jesus and the Holy Spirit's works through them to touch the lives of the young kids. In Luke, it talks about that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. Have you ever been in a situation you never expected it to happen? But boy, you had the words to say. That's God's Holy Spirit just working in you. But you know what's very important for those kind of situations to take place? What's in your tank? What's in your spiritual tank? What's in your heart? What you put in of the things of God is what you're going to get out. Do you have a full tank? You're running on fumes? Only you can answer that. God wants to continually fill you to overflowing. So no matter what situation you're in, God's working. You can see, oh, that was a God thing as you're driving away. Boy, how did I end up saying that? It's a God thing. He spoke to you through His Holy Spirit. Okay, so eloquent with Apollos. Now the next thing we look at is he was mighty in the Scriptures. And as we look at these ten things, I want you to think about what the Lord's showing you as we go through these ten points. So the second thing is, Apollos was mighty in the Scriptures. The Bible says to study, to show yourself approved. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The title of the message tonight is Jesus Strong 2, Personal Trainer. 
Did you know we have a personal trainer, spiritually speaking? It's God's Holy Spirit who is training us all the time to be Jesus strong. The third thing point with Apollos. He was instructed in the way of the Lord. A teacher, a teacher needs to have been instructed. A teacher can't pass on anything unless they're instructed first, right? I mean, think about it. Teachers in the public school or private schools, they go to college to learn how to teach, to get a grasp of the material that they want to pass on to their students one day. No different in the things of God. Your personal trainer, Jesus' Holy Spirit wants to instruct you, wants to teach you. Instruction comes by studying God's Word. It comes from fellowship. It comes from trials. It comes from tribulations. It comes from failures. It comes from successes. It comes from life and death experiences. It comes from sickness and health. We learn a lot through all those things, don't we? I've learned a lot from just all those things. Getting involved in any type of ministry and further studying God's Word, you'll see your ministry come alive. You'll see people respond to the light of Jesus in you. It will attract others to your ministry. Whatever it is. It could be a home Bible study. It could be a, a, a ministry in your neighborhood. It could be something that's going on in the church. In 2 Timothy 3.16 it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Some Scripture, all of it. All the Scripture is profitable. All Scripture is inspired by God. Proverbs, a couple Proverbs in 15 and 23, it says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. We heard that in the song tonight. Lord, make me humble. Lord, I know nothing. You need to fill me with Your knowledge. You need to fill me with Your wisdom so I can reflect You. So I can show the world that I'm Your child and that You love them. It comes from a broken and a contrite heart. Not a puffed up heart. Not an unrepentant heart. It's got to be a heart that we know that we're sinners saved by the grace of God. And as a result of that salvation and God's grace and mercy that's poured out on us every day, we see the result in the way we think, in the way we talk, in the way we act in situations. 
that come up that we never even expected to be there. In Proverbs 23, 23, it says, By the, it says, buy the truth, B-U-I, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy it. Well, it's already been purchased for you. It's free. Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross for all of us, has purchased and part of our blessing, the part of the gift He gives us besides salvation, He gives us His Word. He gives us the truth. But it came at a price. Coming to church is not an exercise of fruition. It's something we get to do as a result of what Jesus did at the cross. He paid a heavy price for us to be able to come in these doors here at Janesburg or for people in anti-Christ nations to go into their cellar or their basement or their rooftop with pages of the Scripture that God works through as mightily as you and I have in the whole Word of God here. You can't stop God from working in any corner of the world. He's above any other name. But what happens? As Jeremiah shows throughout his book, people don't obey. They don't listen to His Word. They don't say, Lord, I want to hear. I want to hear from You in this worship song tonight. I want to hear from You through the Scriptures that are being taught. Open my ears that I might hear. Open my heart that I might receive. If we don't do that, understand our physical ears and our physical heart cannot receive the things of a supernatural God. He's got to give us the ability to open up our... He's got to be the one who opens up our heart and our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ear. But why don't people do that? It says in Jeremiah, their necks are stiff. They're stubborn. They're hard-hearted. They don't want to hear. They don't want to receive instruction. They don't want to humble themselves before the Almighty God. May, us, may we never be in that position, right? That we always stay humble and pliable. Another the fourth thing we look at with Apollos is he was fervent in spirit. Romans 12.11 says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That word diligence is a consistent, energetic effort. energetic energy, effort. And you might say, well, Pastor Vinny, I ran out of energy 20 years ago. We're not talking about that physical energy. We're talking about the energy that's supernatural that's given to you by God to carry out the things that He puts in your path to do for His glory. And whether you're a teenager 20s, 30s, 80s, 90s, it doesn't matter if it's coming from the Lord. 
We see that in the lives of Caleb when he was 85. We see it in Abraham when he was 100. We see it in Noah when he was over 100. He's over a few hundred years old. You're a baby if you're 80 and compared to Noah. But remember, it's God's supernatural energy that He gives you the strength to do that. Fervent. Having or displaying a passionate intensity. What great power words, right? A passionate intensity. Breaking it down even more. A boiling hot or on fire spirit. That's either going to have people run away or it's going to attract them. As one preacher said, to see you burning. They see you so on fire, they want to see you burn with the message of Christ. The next part of the next trait, he spoke accurately, Apollos. The things of the Lord. And when I first wrote that down, I was thinking of the Bereans, how they checked to see if what they were hearing was true. They checked the Scriptures to see if what they heard was true. They relied on, and as we should, the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit revealing His Word to us. But you know what? You've got to know the Word. You have to know what the Word says. A lot of people will say things that sounds like it's godly, but it has nothing to do with the Scripture. It's just re- religiosity. Another thing with Apollos, he taught accurately the things of the Lord. The more you know the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, the more you can teach it. The more you see the bigger picture. Oh, I just like the New Testament, Pastor Vinny. Yeah, but you left out. 39 other books that God divinely inspired. It's like coming in halfway through the movie. Or staying for the first half of the movie and then walking out if you're just the Old Testament person. You need the whole counsel of God. He wants to speak to you from Genesis to Revelation. And remember, the more you know of God's Word, the more you're in a position to talk to others when they need help. Because the Holy Spirit brings it to your mind and your heart, the things to say to that person or group of people when you're in their presence. The sixth trait. He spoke boldly. But it wasn't a fleshly boldness. In Psalm 138.3 it says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. When we rely on the Lord, He makes us bold with strength in our soul. He didn't say our bodies. I don't know if you've ever experienced 
an older preacher who has a hard time just walking up the steps or the aisle. But when they get behind the pulpit and they open up God's Word and start to talk, if you didn't see him up there, you would think he's in his 20s or 30s with his energy and his, and his intensity and his boldness. That's a God thing. He has a personal trainer that's made him strong spiritually. Acts 4.13, way back. I think it was, what, 10 years ago we started the book of Acts? About 10, 12 years? I don't know. So in Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wow. That's all we want, isn't it? That people know that we've been with Jesus. There's something different about that person. They've been with Jesus. Earlier in Acts 4.8, it just says, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to break that down next time um, when we get into chapter 19 about that whole thing with God's Holy Spirit filling you. Ephesians chapter 3 talks about that we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Faith in Jesus. We have the boldness to approach the throne of grace 24-7, 365. To ask God to give us that holy boldness to walk in this Christ-rejecting world to be a light of Jesus to a dark, dark world. The seventh trait of Apollos is his discipleship. And this is where I love Priscilla and Aquila. Apollos was getting all the notoriety. People wanted to hear him speak. We saw he was eloquent, so right away people were drawn to him. He was probably a younger guy, and they wanted to hear what this guy was saying, and he spoke well. But after he spoke, these two dear saints, Priscilla and Aquila, Say, Apollos, come here. I need to talk to you. They were older believers. They were friends of Paul. They had heard Paul speak. They talked. They hung out together. Paul, who had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Paul, who hung out with the original apostles. Here in their experiences and what Jesus did. Paul passed that on to Priscilla and Aquila. And now they're saying, here's a young guy, Apollos. After he spoke in the synagogue, they said, hey, that wasn't bad, Apollos. But we've got to help you complete this picture. 
And they spoke to him. They filled in things. And we're going to see that he didn't know all about Jesus and his crucifixion. He didn't know about the empty tomb. He didn't know about the Feast of Pentecost. He only knew the baptism of repentance that John the Baptist did. It's very important that all of us, regardless of our age, but wherever we are in our maturity with the Lord, that we invest in younger believers, just like Priscilla and Aquila did with Apollos. Using God's Word and your life experiences with God to younger people. But younger people can be 70 years old. They could be young in the Lord. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a chronological age. We're talking about a spiritual age. So whether you're young or old in the Lord, young or old physically, we're talking about the spiritual maturity to build into a younger or an older believer. They were greatly helped through grace. Faith is a gift. It's not something that we can earn. It's freely given to us. And like Priscilla and Aquila and even Apollos when he went over to Corinth, the grace that God showed him, he was pouring that grace and that knowledge on others. It's important that you and I stay in the grace that saved us and not in works. We get to do works because we're saved. We don't do works to get saved. The eighth point with Apollos. Exhorting others. Simply mean he encouraged others. So many times I've been encouraged by you people. And I know the pastors and elders and different people in the church have encouraged you. Or you've seen them encourage others. That is crucial. In 1 Timothy 4, uh, verses 12 to 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. It says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhorting, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which is given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourselves and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I want to just point out, verse 13, give attention to reading God's Word. Give attention to encouraging one another. And give attention to the doctrine those things that you believe. And the doctrine comes as a result of your knowledge of the whole Word of God. The ninth trait of Apollos is helping others. 
You see that where when he went over across that little short trip he made from Ephesus to Greece, he was helping them. He helped them believe through grace. It goes back to what some of the other points that were taught tonight. Instruction. Disciple. Encourage. Show yourself. Show your knowledge to the people. And I thought of Matthew 7, verse 12. To do unto other people what you want them to do to you. You want to be blessed? Well, bless others with the things that God has put in your heart. And the last one is that last verse in verse 28 for he, in, of Acts 18. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. We should be able, as believers in Jesus Christ, to take just a few things, maybe three or four, that is your, that is your spiritual pouch where you just have these always in your heart, the things that are from Scripture that show that Jesus is the Messiah. And I wrote, just, I wrote down a few, and this is what we're going to finish on tonight, that Jesus was born of a virgin. And you can find that in Isaiah 7.14. And you can find the fulfillment of that in the New Testament, of, in Luke one thirty-five. So these are things that any four of these prophecies are astronomically almost impossible that one person could get four for four. But Jesus fulfilled them over 300 of them accurately. So one of those is the virgin birth. The next one is his betrayal. In Zechariah 11, 12-13, it talks about the 30 pieces of silver. And then the fulfillment of that prophecy is in Matthew 27, 6-10. So see, you're taking the Old Testament prophecies that are so crucial and you're showing how Jesus fulfilled them in the new. Another prophecy, the Messiah's blood will be spilled for atonement. And I'm going to read this to you because this is important as we close with presenting the Gospel. In Leviticus 17.11 it says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. That's in Leviticus 17.11. And the fulfillment. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That's in Matthew 26.28. Another prophecy is that Jesus will be lifted up and everyone who looks on Him will live. The old, one of the Old Testament prophecies is Numbers 21.9. Most of you know that when they lifted up the serpent in the desert, when the people were bitten by the serpent, and everybody who looked up at that serpent on the pole would be healed. Well, the fulfillment of that is in John 3, 14-18. to 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And just before that it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. The crucifixion. Psalm 22. Hundreds of years before crucifixion was even a fact. They didn't even know what it was. Read Psalm 22 and you'll see the description of the crucifixion. And you'll see the fulfillment of Psalm 22 in all the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then of course the resurrection. The Messiah's resurrection was predicted. The prophecy in Psalm 118, 17-18. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has ch- chastened me severely, but He has not given me over to death. And the fulfillment is in Luke 24, 5-7. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. So like Apollos, let's make those ten things that we covered tonight part of your life. Find those prophecies. You have over 300 to pick from in the Old Testament. Make four or five of them yours. That you can show somebody, hey, did you know that Jesus was representing the Old Testament by this verse and here's a fulfillment here? We have everything in our Bible and hopefully in our heart to be a light to other people who are perishing right now. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your love for us that You would just give us this book. These basic instructions before we leave this earth that we can share with other people that You put in our path. Give us that boldness, Lord. Pour out Your Holy Spirit continually on us that we may make a difference in a world that's perishing. And if there's anybody here tonight or if there's anybody that's watching on the internet and you don't, Know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, why don't you begin today? Like all of us that have believed in Jesus, you just have to admit that you're a sinner. Just tell God, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've done so many things that I'm ashamed of. I just want to turn from my sin-directed life and I just want to follow You. I believe You died on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit. I want to live for You all the days of my life. If you said a prayer like that, or that's a feeling in your heart, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you're saved. So now you begin a new walk. If you said that prayer, there's a number on the screen. Call it. We'll send you a Bible. If you're here and you said it, we'll give you a package with a Bible and some other material. But as we worship the Lord, let the Lord speak to you through the song. 
Because He wants you to know His heart more. He wants us to give more of our heart to Him. And that's so important. Let us always glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossroads. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org, where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.